So Generation Z, uh, 1995 to 2015. I've got three of those in my household with my wife. Uh, uh, we've got three boys, all from Generation Z. And it's funny when you begin to tell them about the good old days. Uh, son, there was a time when we had black and white televisions. No color. We had like two channels, maybe three at best. And there was no remote control, son. Did you know that my dad made me the remote control? Son, get up, change the channel, channel 13, the game's about to be on. I was the only remote control in the house. Son, there was a time when we didn't have personal computers. We didn't have the internet, we didn't have Twitter, we didn't have Facebook, we didn't have Snapchat. And they're like, what? I can't even believe that there was a time like that. It seems all to them very anachronistic. And, and anachronistic, uh, the dictionary version is this, belonging to an earlier period, especially seeming conspicuously old-fashioned. I am now conspicuously old-fashioned. <laughs> but all this is to say that we're in Good Shepherd Sunday now, and it may seem that that image that Jesus gives us of shepherd and sheep may be conspicuously old-fashioned. How many of us grew up on a farm? Not many, right? How many of us have even seen a sheep, except for maybe in a petting zoo somewhere? How many of us actually know of a shepherd? Do you know a shepherd in your life? Not probably. None of us know a shepherd. Strangely anachronistic. But Jesus is saying that this concept, this image, this idea is so important for you to understand the Christian life. There is no other concept that better portrays Shepherd and sheep, God and his people. So we need to unpack that this morning. Um, there are three points to my message. We're in John chapter 10, verses 11 and following. First point I want to make is mankind's need, that we all have a need. Secondly is God's offer. And thirdly, our response to God's offer. So hear this. If you can turn to chapter 10, that's great, verses 11 and following. But hear this well. A shepherd is someone who does everything for you. A shepherd is not your partner, not your partner where you say, okay, shepherd, you take these things over here because I'm not very good at these. I can't manage those, but I can manage these quite well. I'll take these. He's not that kind of partner. A shepherd is not someone that you say, come in when I'm in trouble and then I'll trust you. A shepherd is someone who does everything for you. He takes care of you. He takes care of you. A shepherd is someone who, when you're hurt and broken, he hoists you on his shoulders and mends you and treats you and makes you healthy again. A shepherd is someone who comes into your life and says, relax, let go. I've got this. You need not worry. It's under control. I've got you. No worries. Look at verse 14. I'm the good shepherd, Jesus tells us. I know my own, and my own know me. Two theological points right there that we need to touch on. I am good shepherd. I am, what, what is an I am? This is one of Jesus' I am statements. He's going to back to Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. When God told Moses, I am that I am. You go back and tell those Israelites that I am has sent you. It's God's name. Jesus is saying, I am God. I am the pre-existent one. I am the Lord of all creation. I am infinitely capable of supplying every need you're ever going to have. 
I am. Good shepherd. Good shepherd. Certainly when Jesus said those words, they had to be thinking about how the Lord is the good shepherd of the sheep in the Old Testament. And maybe Psalm 23. I bet you they were thinking Psalm 23. When David wrote, the Lord, I am, the Lord is my shepherd. And therefore I shall not live my life in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores and refreshes my soul and leads me in pathways of righteousness for his name's sake. See those things? I am has come for you, and I am is our sole provider of everything we need. He's the good shepherd. So, you see what Jesus is saying today? You need a shepherd, and that shepherd is Jesus. You need a shepherd desperately, and I need a shepherd desperately. And unless we're being shepherded by Jesus, this Christian thing isn't really the way that God intended it to work. But when the Bible talks about you and me as a sheep, not too flattering, is it? Not very flattering at all. I mean, the truth is we'd rather not hear that. I don't want to be a sheep today. Think of it in this way. If you got a dog, you let him go, there's chances are he might survive and become feral, independent, self-sufficient, do his own thing. We've got wild horses, we've got feral pigs around here that one day they were let go and they, they do just fine. They don't need a shepherd, they don't need anybody to tend to them. But guess what? You've never seen in your life a feral sheep. They don't exist, they just don't exist. They can't make it on their own. So some preachers will get up here today and say that sheep are dumb. I'm not going to call you dumb. Please don't call me dumb. Uh, but I do think that sheep are absolutely vulnerable animals. They have no natural defenses. They have no way of taking care of themselves outside a relationship with a shepherd. You see, you let another animal go and they can be just fine, but not a sheep. Jesus puts it another way in John 15. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Does that speak to dependency? You see, you, you, you let a lion go, and it's happy. I mean, it's happy. It's, it starts singing. Born free, as free as the wind blows, as free as the grass grows. Born free to follow my heart. He's happy. You let a sheep go, and what does it do? It freaks out. Oh, no. Where am I? Who's going to make me supper tonight? Where will I find that watering hole? I can't make it on my own. Did you know that if you put a sheep in a green pasture and it eats all the grass, it will die there before it thinks to itself, oh, if I just go over the next hill, there might be some more grass. It's, it's highly dependent on a shepherd to lead them there. If you put a sheep out, it will eat poisonous plants and die if it doesn't have a shepherd to tend to it. If you put a sheep out and it falls on its side, guess what? It cannot get back up. Uh, it will do its legs up in the air like a turtle on its back. If you don't believe me, check it out on YouTube. It's actually a thing. It's a thing, I guarantee you. It's kind of funny, but then again, you're, you're kind of sad. I'm laughing at the sheep who can't get back up. Unless there's a loving shepherd who kindly comes with a crooked staff and lifts them up and writes them again. We're highly dependent. And I know it's not flattering. I know it's not good to think about. But that doesn't make it any less true, does it? We're designed to be dependent. 
Think about that. It's not a design flaw spiritually. God made us that way. He wants us to be dependent, to fully rely on Jesus alone for everything. Not to say you can have these parts of my life and I'll keep these, but to give everything to God. Give everything to Jesus. So there's our need. God's offer, verses 12 and 13. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, doesn't care for his sheep, sees the wolf coming and he leaves the sheep and he flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees, Jesus says, because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But verse 14, I, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Now, what is that about? Well, Jesus certainly is, is... pointing at the religious officials of the day, the scribes and the Pharisees and the priests who said that they were leaders of Israel, but they would only invest in them to the point where it gets risky or difficult, and then they would flee like a hired hand. They didn't really care for the sheep like Jesus does. Now, for us, what would that mean? That would mean when we begin to follow someone in our lives that was never meant to be our shepherd, that was never meant to be our shepherd. How many of us grow up thinking that our parents are great shepherds? I mean, they provide for us financially and emotionally and, and sometimes uh, psychologically, and they, they give to our needs and pour themselves out, and it's all true. But everybody will find a point at which their parents let them down. And they, oh, oh, surprise, they're not my good shepherd? Or how many of us look towards a, a teacher or a, a life coach or somebody who's, who's pouring themselves into us with great wisdom, and then one day we find out that they're flawed, that they've got their sins and they've got their own things that they have to manage and deal with, and they let you down. Surprise. They're not your good shepherd. How many of us go to a lover? Maybe it's a spouse, and uh, you know I kind of think of teenagers at this point who go from person to person, relationship to relationship, looking for all their needs to be met by another individual. And every time, their hearts are broken because they weren't meant to be your shepherd. They're flawed. Surprise. And guess what? It's none of their faults. They may love you dearly. They may want to pour themselves into you. But in the end, they're just hired hands. They can only manage so much. And when things get risky and difficult, they're going to let you down every time. And they flee. But Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. Now think about that. Just as the Father knows me, I know my sheep is what Jesus says in verse 15. In the ancient world, there would be a protective cave, okay? And, and maybe, maybe the thunderstorm comes up and lightning's coming down and we got three shepherds wanting to protect their sheep. So they force them all into the same pen, into the same cave. But what happens in the morning? What happens when you got to divide all these hundreds of sheep back out to every shepherd? They simply call their names. You see, they've, they've worked and walked in a diligent, intimate relationship where shepherd knows sheep and sheep knows shepherd. And all you got to do is call the name and they naturally go to the one who's cared for them all of their lives. Isn't that a beautiful image? And Jesus says, I know you that well, as well as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. Think of that. Friends, in Jesus alone are you fully known and fully loved. And in verse 14, he says, I'm investing in you. 
I laid down my life for the sheep. I'm not a hired hand. I'm not going to flee from you. I'm investing. I'll lay down my life for you. So here's the deal. No one can protect you like Jesus. No one can know you like Jesus. No shepherd in your life is going to willingly, voluntarily, sacrificially give himself over to you fully unto death. No one. They'll all let you down. No one can promise you that no one's going to snatch you away from me. I guarantee it. Only Jesus. No one's going to say, relax, feel safe. You're known completely. Which leads me to my final point, our response. Jesus in Matthew chapter 9 comes upon a crowd of people. They're hurting, they're broken, they're demon-possessed, they're, they're in need of healing. And you know what he says to them? He says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Why? Because the Bible says they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. What a terrible thing to be sheep without a shepherd. How do you know that you got a shepherd this morning? What is our response to make sure that we have the shepherd in our lives? Well, we said already that we got to admit that we're sheep, that we're highly dependent. We can't take care of ourselves. We also got to realize that every day we got to be listening to his voice. We can't give Jesus a, a little bit of our lives over here and manage and keep this to ourselves and make him a partner. We can't do that. We've got to listen to him, follow him, let him take us to green pastures and beside still water. You've got to trust him with everything. When you stop treating Jesus like your partner, then maybe you've got a shepherd. When you stop treating Jesus as your consultant, when things fly out of control, then I'll go to Jesus and ask him to help me, Jesus. When you stop treating him as, as a consultant and as your partner and start to live as though he's your shepherd, then you know you're in that relationship. You see, you can admit your need and your dependence, but here's the deal. Go to the doctor. Doctor says, I think you are developing diabetes. I need for you to lose 20 pounds. I want you to get on low-sodium diet, no carbs, and come back to see me and start exercising, get in the gym. Now, intellectually, you can understand that and you can agree. That's a diagnosis. i got to do these things. But unless you begin to practice them, that you, that you live as though the diagnosis is true, then it doesn't do you any good. You'll never be healthy. You'll never be happy. You're never going to be whole again until you begin to live as though it's true. Same way with a good shepherd. We've got to practice it. You've got to live as though it's true. Jesus is not our consultant. He's our shepherd. So in all aspects of your lives, he wants you to hold nothing back. He wants you to listen to him for everything, to trust him alone. Proverbs 3, 5 puts it like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Paul realizes this. Jesus comes to him and says to Paul, my grace is all sufficient for you, Paul, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. I am the good shepherd. You are a sheep in your weakness. And when you have that relationship, Paul, my grace is all sufficient. When we're weak, he's strong. 
So come to him. He loves you. He's not a hired hand. He's not going to flee when the chips are down. He will never forsake you. He's willing to invest in you. He'll lay down his life for his sheep. He's fully invested. And when you invest in him as the shepherd of your life, there ain't nobody who can ever snatch you out of his hands. To the glory of God, Father, Son, and Holy 